0: This this, is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike
1: Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, how you doing? I'm
0: doing pretty good. Uh, Stressed because I actually made my fantasy championship game. So now I'll be on the pod. I can't make the decision or not. Brees Hall is just going to play for me, and hopefully that is a good thing. But I will also say I emotionally hedged and I put uh, like two dollars on because my opponent has David and Joku for tonight's game. Uh, the Brees Hall under and the David and Joku anytime touchdown. So that was that was like plus four hundred odds. So we're rolling with that. Uh, either way, I hope I have a win. There was a possibility that you know I lose on both of these, but. <laughs>
1: I'm I'm the same way when it, I want my team to win or cause I, if I do any sports betting, it's like $1, $2. I don't do yeah, anything same, crazy. Same. Um, maybe like $4 every Sunday or something like that. That's, a, that's about as high I'm going to go. And I will, this is so sad, but I will go, I want my team to win so badly that for the other team, I will guess everything possible that could happen for them in a positive way for the other team, because I'm like, I'm going to jinx them in some way. I don't know why. I think that's going to happen. Um, I end up taking an L in, in in two areas, so I don't. I don't really. I don't recommend that for sports fans. Just just don't emotionally bet. And uh, it's
0: just emotional hedging, you know. It's you're right. It's just in case.
1: You're right. I understand. Well, good luck to you. I actually hope Thank the you. Jets pull off an upset and I hope the Cincinnati Bengals are able to beat the Cleveland Browns next week and I think it would just be the funniest thing in the world if they could just take two L's in back to back weeks even though nobody's picking the Jets to beat the Browns tonight as we're recording this but we will see what happens for that Thursday night football game moving along huge game it's sad because I think a lot of people when the schedule came out in May You thought this game could be for the number one seed for the playoffs and the Cincinnati Bengals, the Kansas City Chiefs, both are out of contention for the number one seed. And it's absolutely heartbreaking when I think about this matchup. We've talked about it plenty. Season fell over when Joe Burrow went down, but the club is still in it. If they win this week, they win next week. They have like a 94% chance of making the playoffs, which I think a lot of Bengals fans would take that after Joe went down for the possibility of playing in January. We'll see what happens there. But we'll start with this matchup. Some good news for the Cincinnati Bengals this week. Cam taylor um, he feels 99.9% Sure, he's playing. Um, I would even say 100% with his confidence in the locker room. He's back at practice. He's full go and back-to-back days. Jamar Chase didn't practice on Wednesday, but he was limited today. Um, Listening to his locker room comments, which which I absolutely love because it brings back the Chad Johnson vibes, the confidence. We need more of that in the NFL, and he isn't afraid to do it. Um, He even mentioned that the Kansas City Chiefs don't have a superstar on defense. And uh, one-on-one, they won't be able to cover him. And I, I kind of agree with that point. Um, I love it. I love everything about it. But just hearing him talk makes me feel like Jamar Chase is probably going to go on Sunday. And I think that would be a huge advantage for this offense. Obviously, Dee Higgins has been able to step up in the production side the last two weeks. But to have Jamar Chase out there would just be great offensively um, and, and in the wide receiver room, your best players on the field when when Joe Burrow is out. Uh, What are your takeaways? What are you looking for in this game right now with this matchup? What's so crazy about it, if the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Kansas City Chiefs, they'll have the same record.
0: (laughs) Yes, that is true. Um, And the Chiefs have the AFC West since, I guess, the Broncos are just done.
1: Yeah. (laughs) The Raiders Uh, can't do it, I don't think.
0: No, I think they're in too big of a hole. Otherwise, that'd be fun. Uh, Antonio Pierce took over too late. They They should have just fired McDaniels week two. And then let's see if Pierce would have had it going that good then. Um, well, I think Jamar is going to play because uh, I would hope he's not firing up the other team just to, just to go sit down and like let T. Higgins and all the other guys take the brunt of that. Like, nah, I don't know what you want.
1: <laughs> like, um, sorry, guys, I'm not playing. Good luck.
0: Yeah, yeah. It would be the equivalent of like, my friend can beat you up. type <laughs> the situation. So I think he plays. Like, I, I don't think he – talk and do all that if he wasn't playing and just a confidence thing and whatever else gets him going, gets them going. I'm sure they'll use his bulletin board material. They seem to use a lot of Bengal stuff as bulletin board material. And I'm sure that this hypes and gets Jamar chase more ready for the matchup to go show what he's got. Um, you hope it doesn't go like the Browns game though, where post game you have to talk about how you lost to some elves. So, i'm looking forward to that uh aforementioned fantasy thing i do have t higgins so hopefully that catch a touchdown or something Uh, so i'm looking at that a lot but i think it's interesting we could start Bengals offense versus chiefs defense what do the chiefs do because the chiefs have been very multiple and different on the back end and to try to confuse other quarterbacks but then when Brian Flores kind of did that, the Bengals passing offense eventually ate it up and were they were fine. With looking at the Chiefs and then looking at what the Steel what the Steelers did. I mean, the Steelers to me, very simple defense. I, they mixed it up and how they got there sometimes, but it was so much like cover three, load the box and dare Jake Browning to throw. He couldn't throw against it. So then you're just screwed. Uh, if I'm the chiefs, I think I'd just, I would just, I would at least start with that game plan and work from there. I kind of expect spags to be a little bit more aggressive than he would be against burrow. You can think back to the first chiefs Bengals matchup of this rivalry in 2021, the regular season, the, game turned on that third and long where burrow beat the zero pressure by throwing it up to jamar chase and converting that for a first down but that is who spags usually is sending that pressure on third and long and just living in a you know this is going to get home before you can take advantage of it world he has better coverage players now than he did back then and he's facing a quarterback that hasn't killed him on that same pressure look so I'm expecting some high leverage situations that the Chiefs are going to send some pressure at him. And other than that, if I was the Chiefs, I'd be playing a lot of spot drop three and load in the box. We'd, we'll see. And maybe the Bengals are going to make their adjustments for it and whatever else. But any defense could run that. And the Steelers have buried Browning with it twice now.
1: Yeah, I definitely think Chris Jones will get home a couple times. It's just –
0: do you yeah. think they're going to – do you think they'll line up Chris Jones against Orlando Brown at all in this game?
1: Maybe for the vibes.
0: I know. That's that's why I think it might happen. <laughs> I don't think it's like a smart move or anything, but I feel like they want to get one on them.
1: Yeah, I definitely do. I think that's where – it's just the pressure for me and, and how the offensive line played last week. Um, you know, I haven't been down on the offensive line much this season. And it just was really disappointing to see that on the road against an AFC North team. And look, I know the D-line D for the Steelers is is legit, but at the same time, it's just you don't want to see that out of your offensive line and the protection for Jake Browning. I don't know what we're going to see. I, I still The thing about the Kansas City Chiefs, we'll get to their offense in just a moment, but defensively, I still think they have a lot of young studs out there, and it's still – Going to be an interesting matchup, you know, even if you have a Jamar, a healthy Jamar Chase, and I wouldn't say fully healthy Jamar Chase, everybody's kind of playing hurt at this moment. Uh, but Jamar Chase out there and T Higgins, maybe you can get a run game going. I really want to see what this matchup is going to look like defensively, and obviously, a defensive coordinator on the other side who's very familiar with the Cincinnati Bengals offense, just a different quarterback on the other side of these matchups. So, other than that, uh, do you have any confidence in the run game for the Bengals?
0: No. Okay, fair. Um, It shouldn't be as bad would be my take. I I feel like you're going to be fighting between it probably being not good, but, you know, not terrible, and then also maybe being at like a healthy average. That would be what I'd shoot for is to get like some type of average run game going, and maybe you can get an explosive out of Chase Brown in the run game. I will say – in their base defense, the Chiefs line up more like the Colts and Jags do than they do the Steelers or the Vikings. So you know, four down fronts, get off the ball type of thing. And the Bengals have shown they can take advantage of that. They they've developed some run game run game plans that have done really well on that. Now I I I didn't like the Bengals run game plan when I went back and watched as much as. I did the first time the Bengals and Steelers played. And I think some of that kind of crept into their heads. It was similarly unsuccessful when the game was at all close. And then when you're down 24 points, you're down 24 points. So they're going to throw the ball and runs don't really matter in that situation. But in the first half, it was a lot of kind of just throwing things at the wall. So it it kind of felt like they lost what they normally try to do or any type of situation where they're going to work angles and, stuff that's that makes a lot of sense to me on how you would attack a certain front. It it's just felt like they couldn't figure out how to attack the Steelers, and the Steelers would always have a free hitter at the second level because they're loading the box, and the Bengals were never able to take advantage of that. Throwing the ball, I think, was the crux of the issue. Can the Chiefs replicate that? It wouldn't be the exact same just because I don't see them playing odd fronts very often and playing slow. I think they're going to still play fast. I think they're going to play their four down even fronts and try to stop the run that way. And But unlike... How we normally think of teams trying to stop the Bengals, especially the Chiefs, where you're going to play four down light boxes, try to stop the run with a light box, and still devote all your resources to the pass game. I, I think the Chiefs are going to try to stop the run game because that is how I. If the Bengals were some type of, you know, I don't know, that's how you kind of like starve out the Bengals offense. If the run game's dead, then you have to rely on Browning. Drop back pass game. And that has been spotty with in those situations where, you know, it's coming.
1: And if Joe Burrow was out there, I'd have a little more. I would have a lot more confidence. Oh, for
0: sure. And, <laughs> I mean, last week, if Joe Burrow was out there seeing the fronts and defenses that the Steelers were playing, I mean, it would have been a 400 yard day, but uh, instead we we didn't get that.
1: That's the thing. I feel like when you think of all the AFC North matchups, Joe Burrow has had a lot of success over the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it's really just disappointing in those two matchups to go 0-2 and get swept this year um, to two teams who, you know, they'll pretty much probably lay a, lay an egg to Pittsburgh Steelers for the next two weeks. Um, we'll go to we'll flip over to the defensive side of the ball. Um, as I mentioned before, you're getting Cam Taylor bred out there defensively. It's been. Pretty disappointing and depressing when it comes to these explosive plays. Um, I do obviously think Cam Taylor-Britt's going to make a difference. It, It is his first game back after an injury, so we'll see what that looks like. He's very familiar with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs in those two matchups last year. So um, this won't be new to, for him and, and playing an arrowhead. But defensively, what are you expecting out of this defense to an offense in Patrick Mahomes, who has had receivers let him down, uh, the rookie wide receivers only guy that's really been stepping up, and then Travis Kelsey feels like he's aging a little bit. But the thing is, the Cincinnati Bengals cannot cover a tight end, so it feels like this is going to be a game where Travis Kelsey might eat. But also, Lou very familiar with these guys. So what do you think the matchup is going to look like defensively?
0: I wonder if the Chiefs try to go back to the well of what worked last year, which in that in that championship game was Marquez Valdez-Scantling against Mike Hilton. Do they try to do they try to try get that? Because they put them in the slot and they're in 11 personnel, some type of light personnel package. They are probably matching that with their nickel, and then you're going to get that matchup. Or do the Bengals respond and move Mike Hilton to safety a little bit like they've done and maybe try to let Dax Hill take that role? I don't know. I'm interested to see how that goes. I think it's weird talking so much about how important the run games are for these two teams with their quarterback. Well, the quarterback play that has been there the past two years, but for the chiefs, I mean, you have to try to make a little hard on them too, because I see the Chiefs' interior as a hefty advantage over the Bengals' interior defensive line, their interior offensive line. If they can just take advantage of that and just run the ball the entire game, then that's it. I mean, there's nothing you can do, and unless the Bengals' offense is high-flying or able to sustain drives, then that's going to be the end of the game for the most part. So they have to show a way to stop the run, which they didn't do a great job of in the Pittsburgh game without DJ Reader too. That's a really tough part. I thought it was interesting, a few things when I went back and watched the defense. One was they did kind of just roll tupo out their reader spot when they tried to go odd front. But then they went they went to a 4-3, which they don't they haven't done very often. And they tried to play that way, bring Akeem Davis Gaither instead of forcing three interior defensive linemen. And I thought that worked better. Uh I thought Gaither played it all right in that game and then the other thing which is just a passing downs thing but they finally did it they they put hubbard inside with murphy on the outside and hendrickson on the outside i thought that was cool it didn't have like great effect or anything there was one play murphy got a pressure on it but other than that not really much going on there but it was cool to see because i've been wondering why they weren't trying to get to that at all so the only other part i'd mention is i wonder how much man they'll play Like, do you just go to something where you've got a double team on Kelsey? And then, I mean, I I feel like there's been a lot of talk about how bad the Chiefs receivers have been, right? So just man them up and trust your guys to stay in front of them or – I don't know. We'll see. So there's a lot of interesting things, I think, on that side of the ball.
1: Yeah, and and one of the things – I don't, I don't even look too much into injuries these days for other teams because I, I remember what happened when they played the Texans and pretty much half the roster wasn't available and they were able to produce and win the game. So I don't even look at it like that. But it is worth noting if the Kansas City Chiefs plan on running the ball, Pacheco looks to be out. Um, As of now, as we're recording this on a Thursday, he hasn't cleared concussion protocol. So I would be really surprised if he is cleared by Friday. Um, Kadarius Tony, I don't know how much of a loss that is for a guy that Patrick Holmes, he doesn't even look at him anymore when he's out there, to be honest. And then um, I wouldn't be surprised if if Clyde Edwards is one that, uh, look, this could be his game. Somebody who has been kind of like a letdown for the running game for the Kansas City Chiefs could end up, running the ball on this defense, who's really having a hard time stopping the run. So we'll see what that looks like for them offensively. Um, But yeah, I really, I think Pacheco is the guy, you know, even looking at this matchup a few weeks ago, thinking that's the guy who terrifies me. Um, He's a really fun running back and um, a guy who unfortunately is in concussion protocol for them. So we'll see what that looks like for their run game, but definitely something to keep an eye on. I know a lot of people are like, you don't want to face a, a mad Kansas City Chiefs game, a team or anything like that. I heard the same thing with the 49ers. The Cincinnati Bengals, this is their season right now. Um, you, you lose this game, it's going to be really hard to get into the postseason. And with nine wins, are you going to be able to do that when you look at the other AFC teams? I think it's like a seven-way tie for that final wild card spot. So this is it. And, you know, I don't look too much into they're going to be mad if, if Jamar Chase says this bulletin board material or anything like that. The Cincinnati Bengals should be mad. They lost the AFC Championship game to this team. I know there are a few more rookies on this team and, and younger guys, but you sh- you shouldn't need help getting up for a game like this. And it's a huge one for them and, and one that I still feel like they can compete with even without Joe Burrow out there, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. I also believe Jared McKinnon's on IR. And Klein has actually missed the last two practices with an illness. Yeah, he is sick. I have no idea what the next running back would be if all those guys are out.
1: <laughs> Watch him have like be like this all star off the practice squad or something. Yeah, he'll
0: probably just run for 200 yards or something. Um, I actually a little bit, I don't think Clyde's that good, but I have no. the worry. I have a little bit of worry that uh, he's going to have a, a pretty good day. And I am not going to hear about the, I'm not going to hear the end of it from Bengals fans who okay. have been clamoring for him with the idea of making 2019 LSU. I uh, just, I think he's fine. I don't know. He's kind of like a slower pass catcher that doesn't really pass protect that well. We'll see. I don't know. I think that helps if Pacheco's out and it's Clyde instead, that's going to help, you know, probably not give up as many explosive plays just on the athleticism front of that. So at least hopefully not, but the run game for the chiefs could still be very sustained and efficient. So I think that is a possibility no matter who is back there. If the, Chiefs offensive line is just blowing them off the ball, then that's a wrap. Anybody can, any NFL running back could, you know, run behind that. So I also noticed when I looked at the the injury report real quick was Jerry Sneed, DMPs the past two days. That's a big one.
1: And that's injury too, so that's not somebody who's just getting some time off or anything at all. So that is definitely, as somebody who has researched calf injuries um, since July 27th, can tell you it can be a lot of different grades, grade one, grade two, grade three, how many, you know, what is it going to be? Yeah, for that, that would be a huge loss for their defense. As Jamar Chase said, I mean, he praised, he praised him. Um, on the defense side of the ball. And he didn't have a lot of praising in the locker room today, but that was the guy he pointed out. So that is definitely something to watch when you look at their injury report. I know I just said, you know, injuries. I don't look at them too much because other teams have still had success against this defense. So we'll see what it looks like. But those are still major names that could be out for the Kansas City Chiefs. But again, we'll see what it looks like. Um, you know, we'll get to our predictions in a little bit, and then we'll go ahead and get to some of those Twitter questions and remember to follow along Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at Ellen Diaz Patterson. All right, let's go ahead and get to some of the mailbags. It's a light version because we had so much to talk about when it comes to this Kansas City Chiefs matchup. It's a little bit different than a few months ago, what it would look like, but it's still playing for something for the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll go to the first one. Should the Bengals use the franchise tag on T. Higgins. I know you are a pay T Higgins guy.
0: <laughs> yes. And also, yes. Like I, as, as even though I'm a pay T Higgins guy, I, my, I feel like the most likely outcome here is a franchise tag and run it back. I don't yeah. think they're going to tag and trade. I don't think they're going to let them walk for nothing this year. And we kind of just kick this can down the road, but should they, I also think, yeah, I think some people have come up with like the Jonah tag idea. And I just think that's, I don't know. I'm always going to default to the better player. And I think T is the better player between those two, especially when Jamar Chase is out on (laughs) the last five games really stepped up or averages like 110 yards and just really steps up as the guy when he needs to. So I have a lot of respect for T Higgins and I think he's a great player. I would use the tag on him because I don't think a long-term deal is going to be done this off season. I don't think it's going to be done in general, but I think we franchise tag and kick this down the road. I don't know. if you agree? Do you have the Jonah uh, galaxy brain idea here, or maybe a reader thought?
1: So I think that they're going to find a way to do a one-year deal with reader. Um, he'll start the season on the short-term IR, but he'll still come back for one year. And that doesn't mean you need you need to get his replacement in the draft of free agency. But I still feel like they, they find a way to get him back for one year. And then he plays for his maybe three- to four-year contract somewhere else. Um, I think for Jonah Williams, I, I l- like the consistency. You see it, right, tackle? But at the same time, if you can't compete in the AFC North against TJ Watt two times a year, that's still very concerning for me in this team right now. When, when I look at some of the, the bigger guys that you're going to face in your own division, and I just don't have the confidence for Jonah Williams there to use the franchise tag. I think you should franchise T. Higgins, and I could see franchise tag him this year. This might be it. Or you franchise him the following year and you trade him. Maybe he goes yeah. off. Maybe he goes absolutely off, and you are in a great position because you can franchise again and then trade him. Um, I, I want T Higgins to get his back. I'm always for players getting their contract and T Higgins will get his back. I just don't think it's in Cincinnati. Um, I I, do, I will be shocked if the Cincinnati Bengals ever do a contract extension with this agent, um, to be completely honest with you, I, I, I don't think that they will even drop players who he represents down the road, or they'll at least just play their rookie contract. Um, I just don't see it happening. And um, I hope T Higgins is on this roster in 2024. So I would say yes, franchise tag in 2024. A lot of people can look at it different ways and do the, the franchise tag and trade, but I I will stay with franchise tag.
0: Yeah. Okay. Then we're pretty much in agreement there.
1: (laughs) Yep. Next question over in the mailbag. Oh goodness. This is a great question. It's very concerning right now. Is the defensive line the biggest need in the draft?
0: uh reader depending it might be either way the interior they have they have edge guys that i feel fine with for yeah. both obviously I don't know, i'm a big murphy guy so i'm a believer in his talent as the third edge i think Camp Samples a fine rotational piece and even joseph Osai does have juice i mean i picked him as my breakout player <laughs> that's obviously not happening and uh also, I'm all a Mulgetta guy. So let me just spread that up. So I don't think that deal's getting a long, long-term deal getting Enjoy is getting long term deal. Join Joseph
1: while you can. Yeah.
0: But uh, even though he's been kind of relegated to bench role now, I still think, I mean, that's, I don't know if other teams have a fifth edge that, you know, with that much talent. So I think the edge room, I wouldn't bother with trying to make any moves right now. I could see it, I guess, if. You know that is clearly BPA, etc., and you just kind of draft that guy. That probably kicks Camp Sample back in the rotation, and you're going to probably move on from both Hendricks and Hubbard within another year or two. Uh, in that scenario, um, you're probably moving on from one of them soon anyway. So Murphy does Hubbard. I think so, too, although he does have that lifer feel to him sometimes. (laughs) Um, he
1: does. I I feel like you've got to – I mean, that – I told you before the season started, getting that extension, that additional year on to Trey Hendrickson feels like a steal right now.
0: And he's playing some of his best ball. So Um, the interior, though, the interior of this defensive line Mm – it's it's a huge need, and it's been a need since Ogunjobi left, and they were able to make it work last year, piecing some stuff together. But, you know, you get Josh Tupo taking a downturn. Zach Carr doesn't take a step forward like maybe some people were expecting, and now you're left with a team that likes to play a 3-4 front, 5-2 front, three interior defensive linemen, I don't care what you're calling it, as their base front, and they have one guy that is like starting level player in B.J. Hill. It, yeah. considering reader is not signed for next year if reader signs great it's still a need
1: it like is. that's how
0: bad it would it is right now is that even with reader this is still a need for ne- for next year and going forward so i I think it's up there I don't know how much talent there is in this draft I know like three players and two of them play for Texas so you're
1: gonna watch him uh, this weekend
0: i I will I, I like the one I watched him. Tavondre Sweat. I remember I watched him last year because I was watching some of the other guys like Coburn and whatever else. And I was like, who is this guy? And I remember Googling him and seeing, it's like, oh, okay, a junior. Is he coming out? Not coming out. But he was my favorite of the group. So uh, I think he's, at least when I watched, he was the best member of that D-line. And I hear a lot about another guy that they have now. And then the other one being Newton from Illinois. Also a big name, first-round prospect. So there's, there's some guys out there, You if you lose Reader, I feel like you have to go find some type of adequate level nose tackle or whatever else out there and mm-hmm. have at least some plug-and-play ability so that way you're not relying so much on a draft pick falling to you. Because I think the idea of the draft should be to have your serious holes plugged with at least like – low-end starters that's kind of what they tried to do this past year and to mix success but that's the goal and they would i think in my opinion need two defensive tackles for that they keep carrying four interior defensive linemen on game day and they play three of those guys in their base front like we need five come on what are we doing
1: I, yeah, no, I agree. I think they're going to have to add somebody in free agency. For some reason, I just feel like Chris Jones is going to be a Cincinnati Bengal. Jeez.
0: That's going to be so expensive. I know. <laughs> I, I just, know. It, uh, man, it is, I don't know. I think it's funny sometimes, with, like, the people that get brought up as future Bengals, and then, like, like now nah, we can't afford to pay T. Higgins. Like, we're paying Chase and paying Burrow. But,
1: but, Burrow. but let me ask you this.
0: I'd rather pay Chris Jones, I guess, than T. Higgins. I think he's a better player.
1: Exactly, exactly. And that is nothing against. Well, no, I Higgins. don't know. His,
0: how old is Chris Jones now?
1: And that is, and I'm not trying to make this about not paying T. Higgins because I love T. Higgins. And if this, if this front office pays him, I will be so excited. T. Has been one of my favorite draft picks. It feels like a steal that he was available in the second round, um, on on in, in the second round in 2020. So I will always pay T. Higgins. That would be amazing. But I'm just saying. If, if a guy like Chris Jones is available and you're thinking, where do I put that money? And you would probably be paying less than your wide receiver money, just a little bit less. Yeah, sure. I'm just, just saying. I'm just saying. I could see it all happening and how crazy that would be. Uh, but we'll see. We'll we'll talk off season later because right now we obviously still have a game coming up. One more Twitter question: Can the Bengals win out? Sure.
0: <laughs> I always like the can question. It's like, yeah, I can. Yeah,
1: sure. I can't wait to get my prediction because I'm going to be feeling that same optimistic way. But I'll get to that in just a moment. When it comes to the Bengals winning out, I will say this. Uh, Jay Morrison, friend of the show, he had said on his podcast and and over on Pro Football Network that Bengals fans should be rooting for the Browns to win tonight. I can't get on that level because I do not like Cleveland. I also but- can't
0: get on that level for fantasy reasons.
1: Yeah, well, we can't for Mike's fantasy reasons. And I and I just can't, I can't, I don't like Cleveland. I don't. But he said, here's the thing. If the Cincinnati Bengals win on Sunday, or if, if Cleveland wins tonight and the Cincinnati Bengals win on Sunday, and, and it's in a situation where Cleveland cannot move out of the fifth seed or just get further, which they more than likely wouldn't get further down because they would already have 11 wins, that there could be a chance that they rest some of their people. Miles Garrett, some of their big stars, In that final game and a game where the Cincinnati Bengals more than likely need to win out, that could benefit the Cincinnati Bengals because they're more than likely going to secure a playoff spot, if we're being honest. Um, So there's one way to look at that game for the Cleveland Browns. And that would be huge because I do think the Cincinnati Bengals, Miles Garrett still terrifies me. And if he's, if he's just resting that final game, I'm all for that. I think that is a great decision. Um, and some of their other stars, and I think that the Bengals are obviously going to be playing all their starters. So we'll see what that looks like. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm definitely in a situation where they they beat Kansas City at Kansas City's best. I know the huge difference is DJ Reader's not there. Joe Burrow isn't there. Joe Burrow is three and one against them. I know people hate quarterback wins and stats and all of that stuff, but it's still a huge difference when Joe Burrow's on the field, what they've been able to do in those matchups. I know it's different, but I still have the confidence going into this game and coming home to Cleveland to be determined on when that game is. It could be a primetime game in Cincinnati.
0: Yeah. um, To me, I, I just, I don't think I – I care, but if you're going to make the playoffs, you can't be scared of playing the Browns at full strength. You're
1: right. You're right because you're going to have to see them.
0: You're going to have to possibly see them. You're going to see more difficult opponents than them. Maybe not teams that match up as well as them because they just seem to do – they seem to match up really well with the Bengals, but you got to slay that dragon at some point, right? Like go
1: beat them. Go beat them full strength.
0: Well – that would fit because I think Brandon Allen did it. Uh, I think Brandon Allen did it in the year Burrow was hurt. Yeah, there was a big – it was yeah. the last game of the year, and Mixon had a big day.
1: You're right. You're right.
0: So the backup quarterback has had some success in this situation.
1: Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah, uh, Mike and I both agree the Bengals can win out.
0: Yeah, the likelihood we probably disagree on, but the possibility for sure.
1: Yeah, well, we said that. So we need to get to predictions. We'll get to those in just a moment on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Prediction time. The over-under 44. Mm-hmm. The Cincinnati Bengals three and one against the Kansas City Chiefs. In the Joe Burrow era, Joe Burrow is not playing. So Joe Burrow will still stay at three and one against the Kansas City Chiefs. This matchup. Obviously, Kansas City, they play better on the road, uh, which is so funny because a lot of people are like, oh, Patrick Mahomes might have to play on the road this year. And they actually have a better record or at least been playing well on the road. They're going to be playing at home, uh, coming off a pretty embarrassing loss on Christmas Day. A lot of people leaving in the stands and uh, even a quarterback for the Raiders who couldn't get anything going in three quarters. And they still couldn't find a way to beat the Raiders. The Cincinnati Bengals are coming to town with a huge matchup and a game that they need. If they want to play in the postseason. Do you want to give your prediction first?
0: Uh sure. It's a tough game. Uh it's a game I don't think I think we're past the point of just expecting like, ah, oh, this Chiefs offense will wake up. This Chiefs offense will wake up. We're at the point of like I'd be surprised if the Chiefs offense woke up. But I think to give them any credit is the Bengals have been terrible against tight ends. Travis Kelsey does have the tight end next to his name on the depth chart. So if that gets going, then I could see some trouble for this Bengals defense. Now I think the Bengals defense could be very keyed in on him. I don't know how much it's going to matter because sometimes, the, you know, they're keyed in on TJ Hawkinson too. And Hawkinson had a fine day against them. So we'll see. The only thing is the chiefs don't really have anybody outside of Kelsey that really scares you as a defense, unless I guess Marquez Vela Scantling fa- finds that magic that he had in the AFC championship game. I mean, you're looking PTSD. at Yeah. But like, are you really nervous about a lot of those guys? I mean, Rashi Rice has mm-hmm. been a pretty good rookie. I don't think he's somebody that, you know, you're going to divert attention away from Kelsey to look at. And I think Kelsey's also lost his step this year. So we'll see on that front but i do think that is one way it gets going the other way it gets going is just they blast them in the run game and there's just no answer there without reader on the other side i ugh, i have lost confidence in the bengal's offense <laughs> last week did it i was i was pretty confident after that flores week and then i got like that game day the pittsburgh game day i thought like man i don't know if brown is going to have a good day and I think mm-hmm. I mentioned that on the pod too. I was like, I don't know if this is going to be a good day for Browning against Pittsburgh, but I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting just like a conservative. I guess I shouldn't have expected conservative Browning. He is a, he is a balls to the wall type quarterback, but um, you know, I was expecting something like that, you know, a pick, a touchdown, 250 yards, the Bengals score 17 and win 17, 14 or something like that. I think that was about my prediction. Now I'm just like, man, I think it's going to give Casey short fields or, or can Browning protect the ball in this scenario? I think every pick was terrible.
1: Yeah, every one of them.
0: Yeah, like none of them were like, like oh, it that was, was
1: just,
0: Yeah, it, it, none of those picks were like, oh, that was unfortunate. Like the closest you have is the one he tried to throw the ball away. It's like, well, I'm still blaming the quarterback for not throwing the ball out of bounds in that scenario.
1: Yeah, and they, <laughs> they scored points like, off of it.
0: They sure did. They threw a pick on first down, and then it's just it's just gone from there. Two of them happened on a Y-cross concept, which is something I thought he should be fine with. This was the first time, I think, that they ran it with him. And I think that is probably going to the trash can. For whatever reason, he's not reading that out. Um, Anyway, I have my concerns. I think I'm picking the Chiefs to win this game. What? 23-17. Just not a super exciting game. I just... <laughs> I don't know. The Chiefs are much healthier, at least like their stars. Like the Bengals' top three players could be out for this game, or at least three of their top four or so with Reeder, Burrow, and Chase. I think Chase plays. That might give them the boost that I'm not talking about here. Maybe it goes 23-20 or something, or maybe the Bengals can pull it out. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. But when I'm looking at what the Chiefs could do on offense versus what the Bengals – Versus my feelings on how the Bengals offense should look against this team, I feel like the Chiefs have the advantage.
1: That's fine. That is totally fine to feel that way. And there are so many times that I think about this game, and I will honestly be surprised if the Bengals win. But at the same time, I'm playing with house money. I think that the Cincinnati Bengals, I don't know how great it will look offensively, and I don't think they will be able to get the run game going. I hope that Jake Browning has a bounce back game. I do think backup quarterbacks can get figured out pretty quickly in the NFL, even though it did take about three weeks or four weeks, honestly. Uh, but I still think he he is a legit backup and he'll be back in Cincinnati next year. And that is good news for Joe Burrow in the quarterback room too. For me – I am. I, I'm, I think Cam Taylor Britt coming back. And yes, Jamar Chase won't be 100% to be determined on what that looks like. I still feel like it's going to be more of a T Higgins game, and, and Yoshi's going to be involved, which is extremely important for the future of that. Um, hopefully, Brad Robbins has a good game and they can uh, help with the field position like he did. And it will not even help because they got demolished against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but that was one of his better games um, in his rookie year. And I hope that that's a factor. But I will say this there is something about the number 23 to 20. In these matchups over the last three, the over-under is 44. I'm going under. I'm going 23-20. Cincinnati Bengals, Evan McPherson hits the game winner because it's tied late, just like old times. And the Cincinnati Bengals find a way to win. And I don't think it's going to be beautiful or anything like that. i, I I'm it's, it's kind of wild that what this game is after, as I mentioned before, when the schedule came out, what we thought it was going to be. And it's very depressing thinking about that to be completely honest with you because it was going to be exciting new year's Eve. They, you know, you go back to last year's game against the Buffalo bills on January 2nd, and it unfortunately didn't happen. And there was really high expectations for that game and playoff position. And for the Cincinnati Bengals, you have to win this game and you have to beat the Cleveland Browns. So. Yeah, why not? House money. I like Jamar's confidence. I know what happened week one against the Browns when he said what he said about the Elves, um, but it's time. It's the playoffs. It's postseason, and I still believe in Lou. I believe in Lou in this defense to do enough, even though DJ Reader will not be on the field and Joe Burrow isn't on the other side.
0: Uh, we'll say the last thing um is just because I did find it the. Uh, I talked a lot about how the Steelers play a lot of spot, stop, spot drop spot three against the Bengals, and it worked really well. The Chiefs, very low in the cover three percentage. The league average is above 30%, and they're below 20%. So it would take a little bit of like a philosophical change for them to just kind of go like we're not gonna do what we do, we're gonna do this because it worked. So they might not do that. And maybe that helps the Bengals. Maybe Spags just tries to play with the normal plays and mix things up and throw them at Cincinnati. And they're able to handle it like they did against the Vikings. So there is a there's a path here I think you could talk yourself into that this you know, this team is the Chiefs defense is built more like some of those good defenses they played before Pittsburgh rather than Pittsburgh, which were the two games surrounding that sandwich.
1: Yeah. huge game for the Cincinnati Bengals they hit the road playing on a Sunday after back-to-back Saturday games and uh it should be should be a good one 425 kickoff with Tony Romo Jim Nance they have a pretty good record when they're on the call so we'll see what happens uh make sure you follow Mike go check out all of his work over on all Bengals you can follow him on Twitter Bengals underscore Sands you can follow me at Alan Diaz Patterson but thank you for listening to it's always game day in Cincinnati and have a happy new year